the Jets are off to a solid start, but to keep it going, a number of players are going to have to step up. I'll tell you who today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, October 23rd, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, please give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find the show. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Well, the Jets have made it through their bye week. They are 3-3 three and three heading into week eight. A very good start to the season considering how tough the schedule has been. The Jets have beaten all expectations to get to this point. But to keep it going, I think there are some players who are going to need to step up for this football team. And we're going to talk about some of those players on today's episode. The early part of the season, I think you'd have to view as a success for the New York Jets. It did not feel that way like three weeks ago when the Jets were one and three, but a two-game winning streak heading into the bye, especially last week's big victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, still look pretty good after what they did to the Miami Dolphins last night. Uh, you know, has the Jets feeling pretty good about things? But I think that the, the level the Jets played at, and we talked about this a bit last week. You know, if you're an everyday or if you're listening to the show every day, you, you've heard me talk about this last week. The Jets are going to have to win games differently going forward. I don't think that the recipe that they've used through the first six weeks is necessarily one that's going to carry them through the final 11 games. I think they have to play better, but in different ways. And that's going to require certain players to step up. Now, I think if you look at the offensive line for the New York Jets, you know, we went entered the season saying, well, there's no way the Jets can suffer as many injuries on the offensive line as they did a year ago. And I don't think they have, but it is not exactly gone as you would have hoped. Uh, the Jets still have been banged up on the offensive line now. I don't think Dwayne Brown's a huge shock at 38 years old and he was coming off a serious injury. He's a guy who has been pretty durable through most of his career, but the last couple of years, you know, there have been bumps and bruises. He missed a number of games a year ago. I don't think that's a huge shock. But losing Elijah Vera Tucker for a second straight year due to injury, that, that's a tough break for this team. Uh, you know, you hope Joe Titman's okay. The Jets have been very close to the vest when we talk about the rookie guard out of Wisconsin. You know, Robert Sala made some illusion on Monday that, you know, Titman's a fast healer, but they'll have more updates on Wednesday. Of course, if you followed Robert Sala's tenure with the Jets, you know that there have been a lot of uh, a lot of false clues about players' injury statuses. Frequently, he'll give you the idea a player is going to be fine and the player ends up missing time. So you can't really go on any Salah indication. But I do think there are some guys on the offensive line. The Jets are going to look to step up over the final 11 games of the season. And for me, the number one guy is a guy we talked a lot about being one of the key players for this team in the in the summer. And that's Mekhi Becton, who has it, to call his tenure turbulent would be one of the most one of the biggest understatements you could make talking about the New York Jets. His four years with the Jets have been really tough. And, you know, that comes with the territory when you suffer two serious knee injuries, when you miss essentially for all intents and purposes, 
two full seasons. I know he played like three quarters of the first game back in 2021, but it's been a rough go for Becton. And, you know, even this offseason, there was the controversy. Should he be playing right tackle? Should he be playing left tackle? There was a famous, I don't know if you call it a tweet or an X at this point, where Becton said, I'm a left tackle. Um, you know, he was he went out of his way to criticize the coaching staff for putting him at, at right tackle a year ago. And, you know, he begins the season playing right tackle. Then Brown suffers his injury and Becton moves over to left tackle. And we talked a lot heading into the season about what a key player Becton was for this team moving forward or at least for this season, because, you know, the Jets, there weren't really a lot of plan Bs for the Jets at, at tackle. They essentially needed their plan A to work. And it's been very uneven so far for Becton. Now, I, the one thing I will say for him is I do feel like the last couple of games, he started to get better. I mean, there were a few shaky moments against the Eagles, but it feels like maybe things are start. He's starting to put the pieces together. Of course, it's a small sample size. And I think sometimes, you, you know, you, you when you say a player strings two good, good games together, it's, that's not super hard to do in the NFL. I'm not saying it's super easy, but it's also not super hard to string two games together. It's not always an indication that a player is, is taking off, but I do feel better about Becton than maybe I did a couple of weeks ago. You know, he, he is what he is. He's a guy who's always going to probably struggle with speed rushers that he's just not really built to handle them. He's obviously very big. He's very powerful when he gets locked onto a guy no pun intended, he is able to, to move them. He's, you know, I think he's a guy who's probably better in the run game than he is in the passing game, but it's been uneven. And I don't know, you know, how much of this is him shaking off rust, how much of it is him trying to compensate for, you know, the, the knee injury that he's still recovering from, how much of it is, you know, maybe he was a little overdrafted in 2020. I don't know. It's difficult to say what the Jets have in Mekhi Becton right now, and that will reveal itself over the final 11 games. And on that note, um, that could determine whether Mekhi Becton's here next year, what happens over these final 11 games, because it's not really clear what he can bring to the table right now. What What is clear is that as long as he stays healthy and, you know, knock on wood, he's at least been able to battle through the injuries and you know even he even came back into a game where he left uh, a few weeks ago in Denver you know he left with an injury and then was able to return to the game and played pretty well in the Jets win over the Broncos he's going to get every opportunity because the Jets don't really get the Jets don't really have a great plan B another guy I'm looking at is the tackle across from him Max Mitchell who kind of been thrust into the lineup by the Elijah Vera Tucker injury you know maybe Dwayne Brown gets back at some point and then the Jets put Brown back at left tackle and slide back to back to right tackle but for the time being, at least, Max Mitchell looks like he's going to be the starter at right tackle. And just like with Becton, it's difficult to say exactly what the Jets have in him. But the reason I look at the two tackles is these guys are key. And part of the reason that they're key is the Jets have really struggled to push the ball down the field in the passing game. And they're near the bottom of the uh, of the league when you talk about passing plays that have gone for more than 10 yards. And part of that, I think, is a little, little kind of stylistic because – you know, we always talk about Zach Wilson as though he's the quarterback at BYU. You know, I hear a lot of people say he's, he's a playmaker. He's a guy who, you know, is good on the run. Well, that's what he was at BYU. If you look at the numbers in the NFL, especially this year, Zach Wilson's been at his best when he can get the ball out quickly. He's been, he's been at his best where he he just is quick, very decisive. He hits his number one read, gets the ball to him. The problem with this is that of the Jets' primary targets in the passing game, Garrett Wilson's really the only one who could make plays after the catch. Uh, Alan Lazard's not very fast. Tyler Conklin is, you know, very undynamic with the ball in his hands after the catch. So they don't really have the ability to make it, ha to get a lot of run after catch yardage. 
So if they're going to push the ball down the field, now I, I mentioned on Friday, I think they got to utilize play action more frequently, but the tackles are going to have to hold up because this offense has to get better. This offense needs to start producing more big plays and it has to happen through the passing game. And yeah. Part of that's play action, but you know what, even on the play action pass, you guys have to be able to hold blocks. You guys have to be able to keep the defensive ends, the edge rushers, the outside linebackers at bay. So there's a lot on the table for these tackles and it's going to be critical for the jets because there's just no way the jets are going to keep winning games. If they get so little out of their offense, it's just, you're just asking too much out of your defense, even a very good defense, even a defense that I think has a fair amount of talent on it. I don't think you can ask them to keep hold opponents down. I don't think you can ask them to force turnovers at the rate they're forcing them. So I think there's a lot on the plate for these young tackles. I think they're going to have to produce. If the Jets make the playoffs this year, if the Jets have a winning record, I think we're going to look back at this and say, you know what, these young tackles really stepped up. But they aren't the only ones who need to step up. Jets need to get more splash plays on offense. Jets just need new playmakers to step up. I have a couple of young guys in mind, a couple of young skill players, and as we continue this Monday edition of Locked on Jets, I'll tell you who they are. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players who are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's, in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Well, I think you know about this guy. Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson will come off a bye and build on his momentum with an improved Zach Wilson to have a big game against the Giants Week 8. Start spreading the news. This In this New York-New York battle, the Giants secondary cannot cover him, and it's already given up big games to Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, and Stephon Diggs. Garrett Wilson is a great talent, and the Jets are now back to using him as a dominant number one receiver. Look for him to keep coming through with his best all-around game yet in fantasy in 2023. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Vinny knows his stuff. Vinny knows Garrett Wilson's going to be great, so you should definitely definitely listen to Vinny Iyer. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. A big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the year, Monday through Friday on weekdays. And then we have bonus episodes as needed after games, as big news breaks. Today we're talking about players I think the Jets need to step up in the final 11 games. And you know we've talked about the offensive line. The Jets just need more from their offense overall. This is one of the least productive offenses in the NFL uh, bottom 10 in scoring offense is entering the weekend as far as points per game goes. And that's not great when you consider the Jets were at the top of the league first in turnovers, that the offense had, had among the best average uh, starting field positions on drives in the league. The fact that the Jets, for all intents and purposes, scored uh, have scored three non-offensive touchdowns through their first six weeks. Uh, you know, the offense is just not doing enough. And part of that goes to the blocking. The offensive line has been inconsistent. Now you want to be fair. They've dealt with injuries. They've had to shuffle things up a couple of times. That's not easy, especially playing with backups. I mean, it's kind of a double whammy because, first of all, you have non-starters in there, and typically backups are backups for a reason. If they were better, they'd be starters. But beyond that, even when you're dealing with backups, when you have to constantly change things, you know, 
diminishes the chemistry on the offensive line, which is also very important. But the Jets also, I think, need more from their skill players. I mean, right now, I think you look at this offense, and I think it's fair to say that you have like two guys who are above average for the role they're asked to play. I think Garrett Wilson's an above average number one receiver. I think Brees Hall's obviously an above average number one running back. Outside of that, I mean, with Elijah Vera Tucker out, I don't know that and Aaron Rodgers out, obviously. I don't know that there are a lot of players who are above average for the role they're asked to play. I mean, maybe there's a guy like Joe Tipman who has stepped in and done a good job as a rookie, and maybe he'll get there. Maybe Becton will improve, but, you know, there's not a lot that's above average. And when you look at the skill positions, I mean, Brees Hall's having a great season. Garrett Wilson's having a really good uh, second season when you consider the limitations he's got around him. After that, I mean, who's contributing? I mean, Alan Lazard's uh, pitching in a couple catches. I guess Tyler Conklin's making a couple plays. But when Lazard and Conklin are your second and third options, that's not great in the passing game. And behind Brees Hall, I mean, Dalvin Cook's maybe been the least productive running back in the NFL. When you look behind uh, Garrett Wilson and then Lazard and Conklin, Randall Cobb might be the least productive player in the NFL. I mean, the Jets are just not getting a whole lot, and it's showing. And I mentioned the Jets are among at near the bottom of the league when we talk about producing big plays, and that to me makes it seem like somebody's got to step up. You're going to need an unexpected contribution from somebody, and there, I think there are two rookies who could potentially fill that role. And really, when you talk about big plays, what I look for number one overall is speed. I look for guys who, you know, can make, could stretch a defense, a guy, guys who can put pressure on a defense. So I have a receiver and a running back for you. And there's kind of some rumblings. If you're listening to what the beat writers have to say that the receiver could be getting some more action going forward. That's Xavier Gibson, who had the, of course, the, maybe the player of the year for the jets, the punt return touchdown in overtime week one in that thrilling victory over the Buffalo bills. And I gotta be honest, since then really has not done a whole lot. It was interesting because on Monday, Robert Sala was talking to the media and he was asked about Nicole Hardman, who you know, saw the Kansas City uh, victory over the Chargers yesterday. You know, Hardman made a couple of key plays for the Chiefs in that game. And Sala was asked about it. He said, well, Xavier Gibson beaten Hardman out for the role. I mean, the first thing I'd say is that Hardman wasn't losing playing time to Xavier Gibson. He was losing playing time to Randall Cobb. And for whatever reason, the Jets keep putting Cobb on the field. But second... It's not like Gibson's been a big part of this offense. I mean, he got a couple touches, I think, against Philadelphia, but he's got one catch on the season. And, you know, part of this is that the Jets, again, are so committed to Cobb. Well, that's got to end. And Gibson, you know, say what you will about him, he does have speed. He's got the ability to make a big play. We saw that week one against Buffalo. And even against the Eagles, you know, he had about a seven-yard run on a on a end-round jet sweep kind of play. Uh, you know, he's a guy who can put stress on the defense. And look, Gibson's not going to be a guy who's going to challenge a thousand yards like Garrett Wilson will. But he's the type of guy who can hit a home run for your offense. And this is an offense that's deeply lacking in the ability to hit a home run right now. So I, I think there's no question he threatens the defense more than Randall Cobb does. Cobb essentially gives you nothing. I mean, uh, look at Cobb's production. Cobb's playing like half the snaps. He's being barely catching anything. I mean, even, even passes that are going to him, he can't catch. You know, usually you think of like the veteran receiver who's been around forever as the sure-handed guy. Well, he wasn't the guy against Philadelphia. Pretty high drop rate this year for the lack of production he's giving you. Gibson just gives you more. And I think he's got to play more. I don't know how much you're going to get out of Xavier Gibson, but you know something? You just traded Hardman. So that tells me you're, you're co as a coaching staff, you're banking on Gibson's ability to step in and give you something on offense. But at the very least, you put him in motion, def defense is going to have to notice him. They're going to have to account for him. And, you know, even if he's not going to produce big numbers every week, there's a there's a certain element where he's he, being, him being on the field threatens a defense. It forces the defense to kind of 
put the thought in their mind that we had we got to cover this guy we got to make sure we pay attention to him otherwise he'll beat it otherwise he'll beat us you know maybe he'll take take a play 50 yards or something like that but beyond that um you know there is an element where he's got that speed so you can run gadget plays for him you can run screens for him kind of get him the ball in space trying to hit a home run i mean that's what the jets need jets more than anything on offense need big plays and on that note i think izzy abanaconda is a guy the jets are gonna have to call up and you see this every year sometimes there's a young running back who doesn't really get in the action much for the early stages of the season. But, you know, around this point, around October, around November, he steps in and he's kind of got fresh legs and he, you know, defenses this time of year, they're kind of beat up. You know, we're, we're seven weeks into the season. We're approaching the two month mark of the season. You can't help but have bumps and bruises if you're playing every single week and you go up against a guy with some fresh legs and suddenly, you know, he provides the offense with a little bit of juice. And, you know, we saw that last year with Bam Knight who, you know, ultimately didn't, Looked like he was that special of a player, but he stepped in. It was a little bit later on the calendar. It was like Thanksgiving weekend. He stepped in and you know got got some action against the Chicago Bears. But Bam Knight, even the guy who was pretty limited, was able to have a big a big couple games out of the gate because he brought fresh legs to the table. And we know Abana Conda has speed. We know that potentially he's a guy who can t- you know take a run to the second or third level of a defense. Now we know we also know that Brees Hall is going to get the bulk of the carries, but I think it's pretty obvious Dalvin Cook should not be getting. Any, I, I, you know, I was going to say he should not be getting many care. He shouldn't be getting, he shouldn't be touching the ball at all. I don't even think Dalvin Cook should be active right now. I think Abanaconda probably brings you more, and he brings you more than Michael Carter does. Michael Carter, you know, a couple of years ago looked like maybe he was a good back, but it just hasn't happened for Michael Carter. So I think if you're, again, if your focus is on the big play, I think that you got to go with the young legs. I think you got to try and add some speed. I think you got to try and add some juice on this offense. So Xavier Gibson, Izzy Abanaconda are the two guys I'm looking for. I had you on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball. This defensive line, you know, it hasn't been bad this year. It's producing pressures at a high rate, but they need to start finishing off some sacks. And we'll discuss that in more detail, continuing this Monday edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Believe it or not, the Jets are actually favored to beat the New York Giants this coming Sunday. First time all year, the Jets will be favorites heading into a game. Now, maybe that's not such a good thing because you know they're three and three. They've faced some of the toughest opposition in the NFL down one as underdogs. So I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel pretty good about the Jets heading into this weekend. And again, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options. So if you you know don't want to jinx the Jets by picking them, you can also do player props. You can do over-unders. You can do more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're talking about guys who need to step up for the New York Jets as we approach the final 11 games of the season. It's not really the halfway point. You know, it's easier to break the stuff down when the bye happens, like right at the halfway point of the season. Although I guess with the 17 game schedule, there's no there's no more official halfway point. Used to be eight games in. Now I guess it's like halftime of your ninth game or something like that. But so we're about like one third of the way through the season. I guess a little bit more than one third of the way through the season. It actually, in a way, though, the bye week divided the season really well because you had that gauntlet the first six weeks, and now things start to open up for the New York Jets. And as I mentioned, they got to figure out ways to win games in different fashions. And I think there's no way that's more prevalent than on the defense because the defense has been forcing turnovers at a very high clip. 
I don't know that they're going to be able to continue to do that. And the reason I say that is in the Philadelphia game is a perfect example. It's not that I'm saying that the defense is playing poorly, but what I'm saying is that in the Philadelphia game, there were a lot of times where the defense executed at a very high level and the ball just happened to go right where it needed to go for the Jets to produce a turnover. You can, you can play defense at a very high level and the ball's not, not necessarily going to bounce in the direction you, you need it to at the level it has for the Jets through the first six games of the season. And that's a lot of turnovers is just where the ball bounces. And that's been true of the Jets so far this season. But one thing the Jets can control is finishing sacks more frequently. And I think there's been some bad luck, to be honest with you. I think, you know, if you look through historically, especially recent NFL history, when a team has a high pressure rate and a low sack total, typically the sacks go up. And the inverse of that is true also. When a team has a high sack rate and a low pressure total, typically sacks go down. It's really about the pressures because you generate a lot of pressures. You're good, odds are you're going to put the quarterback on the ground. You don't generate a lot of pressures. You don't have as many opportunities to put the quarterback on the ground. And, you know, it's one of those things. Easier to say this for a low sack, high pressure team than it is the, the inverse. Because if you, if you do it the opposite. If you say if you're dealing with a high sack, low pressure team, you say the sack total is going to go down. Everybody gets mad at you. People say, "Well, it doesn't matter. They're they're finishing their they're finishing their opportunities when they come." Well, it doesn't. You know, it, it it's not. It, it, one thing that you learn when you look at these numbers is that beating your offensive lineman, beating the guy in front of you, that's a skill. Get, putting the quarterback on the ground after you beat that guy, that's tends to be a little bit more luck. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying it's completely devoid of skill, but it tends to be more luck. You know, does the quarterback step into you? Do you have, are you facing a mobile quarterback? Is he able to get away? And I think that might be one of the reasons the Jets have struggled to generate sacks. They have the, they've produced heading into this weekend, pro football focus put out a tweet late last week. The Jets had the most pressures in the NFL. They just haven't produced a whole lot of sacks. And a lot of that might just be, they've faced a tough slate of quarterbacks, guys who were very mobile, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, I mean, you, you, I mean, this has been a. If you're talking about the the most difficult quarterbacks to contain, Jets faced a lot of them the first six weeks, and I think there are guys who can step up. Uh, Quinn and Williams only has half a sack so far this season, and that in no way reflects how good Quinn and Williams has been. In my opinion, Quinn and Williams is having another All Pro caliber season. I think he's been phenomenal. I think if you're watching him on a play to play basis, he's dominating. He's dominating at the le- maybe. I mean, maybe not quite at the level he did last year. I will fight anybody. I will argue with anybody who says Quinn and Williams is having a bad, not as having as good of a season this year. I think Quinn and Williams is having an outstanding season. I think those numbers will come. I think if he keeps playing at this level, those sack totals are going to go up. You know, you look across the line, uh, Bryce Huff, Bryce Huff's sack totals are going to go up. I mean, the man just, uh, he's a machine getting to the quarterback. It's unbelievable how good he is. John Franklin Myers is in the top 10 of pressure, uh, pressures among defensive ends. He's going to start getting to the quarterback. So, you know, as much as I'm saying the defensive line needs to finish, and I am saying that, look, they do need to they do need to convert more of these pressures into sacks. I think a lot of it's the guys, guys are playing well. I think the sacks will come. And I think that's one of those things that will kind of even out. You know, I've talked about how the Jets have had good turnover luck and bad sack luck. I think the turnover luck's probably going to go down a bit, but the sack luck's it's got to go. I think it's going to go way up because the Jets are just producing pressures at too high of a rate for them to not be to not be generating sacks. I think that's going to go up, but I think it's going to help the defense. You know, on a play-to-play basis so far the, this year, the defense is playing at a lower level than it did a year ago. And yes, I'm factoring in the fact, I'm factoring in how all the backup quarterbacks the Jets played last year. You know, the schedule has been really tough in the early part of the season. I understand that. I don't think it's just been a statistical thing. I don't think the defense has played at quite a, as high of a level on a play-to-play basis. Again, I think they've been timely. I think they've made the plays when they needed, needed to. I think they've been, you know, 
they've taken advantage of opportunities that have been put in front of them. But I think that they can play better on a, on a play-to-play basis. And I think one of the things that going forward that will help them do that is converting more of these pressures into sacks. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find the show. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.